I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. You can also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. This time around, we're going to be taking a look at players who are helping themselves in a contract year as we are heading into the home stretch of the NFL season with the four games four weeks and four games left in the season as it is now week 15 of an 18-week season. And first up will be players who are helping themselves, and we are going to start off with Geno Smith. Now, uh, when the Seattle Seahawks traded Russell Wilson, and they got quite a nice haul for him, um, Russell Wilson, the 22 fourth-round pick, were traded to the Broncos for 22 and 23 first-round picks, 22 and 23 second-round picks, a 22 fifth-round pick, and multiple players. Tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, and quarterback Drew Locke. Thought was that this was the worst quarterback group in the league, if not the worst, between Locke and Geno Smith. One of the worst, they need to bring somebody in. Baker Mayfield, trade for him, or Jimmy Garoppolo. Seahawks knew more than um, conventional wisdom because they had a quarterback competition between Geno Smith and Locke in training camp to succeed Wilson. Um, Geno Smith won, the, won that. He's playing on a, right now playing on a one-year deal for $3.5 million, which is worth up to $7 million. Um, in incentives. He has changed his career trajectory this year. Um, He's no longer viewed as strictly a quality backup. Geno Smith heading into Thursday night's game um, against the uh, 49ers, which uh, Seattle lost 21-13. He was leading the league with a 71.5 completion percentage, had the third best passer rating at 106.8. Thrown for 25 touchdowns, 8 interceptions in 13 games, 3,433 passing yards as well. Was named October's NFC Offensive Player of the Month when Seattle won 4 of 5 games. Seattle has since uh, hit a tailspin and looked like they were going to be heading to the playoffs. Now that's in jeopardy as they're 7-7 and after last night's loss. They've lost 4 out of 5. But Smith is having a Pro Bowl caliber season. Seattle reportedly wants him back for 2023, and talks are going to take place after the season. Seattle should be shocked 
by what I expect Smith's contracts demands to be. There should be a little bit of sticker shock, and here's why I say that. Um, if I'm representing Smith, I'm looking north of $30 million per year. And one of the reasons why is, according to FLPA's data, if you look at the average salary for starting quarterbacks, and that excludes the ones on rookie contracts, that's a whole different system where it's slotted based on your draft position. So just look at the veteran guys. The average salary is $32,036,660 million. $681 per year. That's average. Geno Smith this year has been above average. So he'd be justified in wanting an excess of that. Now, if I'm Seattle, you typically don't see guys who are 32 have a breakout performance. Is this an outlier for Geno? Or is this Geno's just made improvement you typically don't see from the quarterback position? And wouldn't surprise me if Seattle debated putting a tag on him, whether it's the franchise tag or it's the uh, um, transition tag. And the franchise tag uh, kind of approximates a little higher the average salary I just mentioned. We don't know what 2023 salary cap is going to be, but let's say it's 225 and. I say 225 because I've surveyed some teams for what they use internal projections, and 225 uh, was the most common answer. So I'm using that as a preliminary amount until we get further direction from the NFL on where the cap is going to be. So at 225, um, that number is going to be 32.445 million. The Non-exclusive tag, and Gino, I wouldn't stick an exclusive tag on, which would be much higher. Um, it's going to be 14.42% of the cap. That's the cap percentage average since that's how franchise and transition tags are now expressed. The um, transition tag, which would only give you matching rights with an offer sheet, would be... million if we're talking a 225 salary cap. Now, if you stuck a franchise tag on Geno Smith and somebody was uh, willing to give you two first-round picks, I'd say, go ahead, got it, we'll take the two first-round picks. (laughs) Um, But Seattle also would would, uh, be warranted in having some trepidation about Geno. He's kind of hit a little bit of a lull recently as Seattle's gone to a tailspin. But if you look at Case Keenum, that was a guy several years ago with the Vikings, took over and Sam Bradford got hurt. Played great that year. Great supporting cast around him. Son of Denver, $36 million over two years. It was an outlier slash anomaly. Teddy Bridgewater a couple years ago when he left... Uh, being a backup for um, Drew Brees, signed for $61 million over three years with um, Carolina, then was traded after one year to Denver, then um, now is a backup uh, in Miami to Tua Tungvaloa for um, $6.5 million this year. 
So I could understand why there'd be some um, hesitation. Now, the interesting thing is with Geno, people thought that Seattle might be in contention to draft a quarterback early. They are, but not for the reason people initially thought. It might be because Seattle's record is going to be so bad and their own pick would be there. That Denver pick they got in the Russell Wilson trade, the 2023 first-round pick, is currently second if the season ended today because Russell Wilson is having the worst year of his career in Denver instead of being a playoff contender uh, has one of the has a lousy record so Geno Smith done wonders um, in his contract year now let's look at the running back position there are a couple of running backs who are worthy of mentioning in first one is Josh Jacobs now the new regime of GM Dave Ziegler and head coach Josh McDaniels with their New England pedigree where they really hadn't had a feature back, more running back by committee, passed on a fifth-year option with uh, Josh Jacobs. Would have been a fifth-year option at for 2023 at $8.034 million. Now, all Josh Jacobs has done is made them regret on declining the option. He's a candidate for NFL Offensive Player of the Year. He's leading the NFL with 1,402 rushing yards. Leads the NFL in yards from scrimmage. That's combined rushing and receiving yards. Um, he's got 1,748 yards from scrimmage. He's got 11 rushing touchdowns, which is tied for third in the NFL. Now, as a running back, you aren't in the position to cash in on a career year like you would at a lot of other positions if you hit the open market. With the type of year Jacobs is having, at any other position, you might be able to reset the market or get very close to that. Uh, there's not a legitimate chance for that to happen for Jacobs at running back. Um, Chris McCaffrey is the highest paid running back in the league. In 2020, after his third year, he signed a four-year extension, averaging a little over $16 million per year, with $39,162,500 guarantees, and $30,062,500 was fully guaranteed signing. That deal is still going to hold up. There are eight running backs in the NFL with contracts averaging $12 million per year or more. All these deals are for players to remain on their own team. Then there's a gap in how the running back market works. After those eight, you have a downward turn to $7 million. Last year, James Conner and Leonard Fournette signed deals averaging $7 million per year, and they also stayed put. Wouldn't be surprising to me if Jacobs got a franchise tag, and that number for running backs is going to be $10.1 million for $225 million salary cap. It's going to take up 4.489% of the cap. That's what the running back number's going to take. There's some misinformation out there. There's no way the uh, running back franchise tag is going to jump from $9.57 million, what it is in 2022, the current year, to over $12 million. Ain't going to happen. You are not going to see at a position this year an over 25% increase in the running back tag. And personally, with running backs, I if I could tag them, 
because that number's reasonable. I'd tag him until it didn't make sense and then try to draft replacement. That's just me. Obviously, some teams like Tennessee Titans, that is the identity of their team, the running back, Derrick Henry. But a little over $2 million difference between the tag and the declined fifth-year option. Jacobs going from getting that decline to what he's uh, doing this year, hell of a contract year. Now, another running back, Saquon Barkley. It's kind of a crossroads heading into this year. The great rookie year, it was uh, offensive rookie of the year, led the NFL in 2018 with 2,028 yards from scrimmage. Second year wasn't quite as good, but still had over 1,000 yards. Tore his ACL in 2020, only played two games. 2021, yeah. 593 rushing yards, 3.7 yards per carry in 13 games. So, um, he's playing this year on a $7.217 million fifth-year option. So, he really needed to have a good year to put himself in a position to make more than what his rookie contract averaged when you factor in the option year, which is $7,682,050. He's done that. The Giants um, had negotiations with um, Barkley prior to the week nine bye. Um, Portly two sides weren't close. Got to imagine he's trying to trying to reset the market. It's not going to happen for Jacobs. Not going to happen for Barkley. Barkley this year, um, thousand eighty three rushing yards, which is fourth in the NFL. Uh, 1,344 yards from scrimmage, sixth most in the NFL. Um, could he get paid as one of the five highest paid running backs in the league by the Giants? Yeah, that's possible. Um, in order to be in the top five, you'd have to go above Derrick Henry. And Henry is a franchise player in 2020, signed a four-year deal averaging $12.5 million per year. There's 25.5 that's fully guaranteed at signing, and incentives made that deal worth as much as 51 million. So maybe you get there. David Johnson several years ago, um, going to his contract year, he only had one really good year. I think it was his second year when he led the NFL in yards from scrimmage, signed for 40 million over three years, 13.3 a year. Maybe that's where it maxes out for Barkley, or he's also a franchise tag candidate um, as well. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
James Bradbury is someone who is making the most of the Giants not being able to afford him. Um, Bradbury was cut after the draft, and he was on a deal averaging $14.5 million per year. Um, ends up going to Philly. Signs a one-year deal for base value of $7.25 million. For incentives, the deal maxes out at $10 million. He's been phenomenal this year and has given Philadelphia arguably the best cornerback tandem um, where he's opposite Darius Slay. Um, we'll see if both those guys get to the Pro Bowl uh, when the announcements are made next week. But he's been targeted 74 times. And... Quarterbacks are completing 44.6% of passes against him. He's given up one TD, has three interceptions, so that's 33 receptions he's given up. And passer rating when targeting him is 43.6%, which is phenomenal. Um, he's also second in the NFL with 14 passes defensed. Um, getting back to that old deal should be a possibility. He's going to be uh, 30 next season. So, I might try to get back to my old deal, 14 and a half, maybe a little higher, 15. But if you're looking at older corners, you had Stefan Gilmore, who's a couple of seasons removed and a little older. I think he's 32 from his NFL Defensive Player of the Year season. Um, signed with the Colts for $20 million over two years, maxing out at 23. And we had last year, come off a rookie contract uh, Charverius Ward um, left Kansas City to go to um, the Niners on a deal averaging $13.5 million per year uh, maxes out at $42 million with, and it's just $26.2 million in guarantees so Bradford's done what he's needed to do to stay in the same salary stratosphere he was on the three year deal he signed with the Giants and in 2020. Deron Payne um, picked the absolute perfect time to show a dimension of his game that he hadn't before. His calling card had been stopping the run till this season. Now, this year, playing under an 8.529 fifth year option, and the commanders didn't show any interest or much interest in extending his contract and during OTAs he was boycotted a few of those he's got eight and a half sacks which is a career high um, and 15 tackles for loss which tied for second most in the league he's playing a position which is primed to uh, see salaries increase there had been a cap on the interior defensive lineman market. Aaron Donald, the deal he signed in 2018, averaged $22 million per year. He um, underpaid because he's been the best non-quarterback in football for quite a while now. Um, in the offseason, the Rams did something you typically don't do. He had three years left on his contract. They just ripped it up. Didn't want any New Year's. Just... Gave him a new $95 million deal for the three years. So that averages $31,666,607 per year. Now, 
his previous $22 million ceiling means there's a big gap between Donald and who's next. Next in line in the interior defensive lineman salary hierarchy are DeForest Buckner and Leonard Williams at $21 million per year. Donald's deal averages almost 51% more. So that gap's going to be closed. And a guy, Payne may be one of those guys who um, benefits from that. And going into this season, it was hard to imagine that he was going to get a contract which would exceed Jonathan Allen, his line mate on the interior. And Allen last year signed a four-year, $72 million extension, averaging $18 million per year. Um... The commanders have to be rethinking letting him walk. He's probably going to get consideration for a franchise tag. And the interior defensive line, the defensive tackle franchise tag, projects to $18.954 million at a $225 million salary cap. And that's going to be 8.424% of the cap. So, to retain him long-term, um, commanders probably have to exceed Allen, um, which never probably entered into their equation, or sticking a tag on him, which probably didn't enter into their equation. They spent all those first-round picks on the defensive line. I thought that something was going to have to give, and it'd be pain. We'll see, because Chase Young, who's still trying to get back and get right from the ACL, he tore in the middle of last season in my test sweat. I thought the ends would be there long term, but we'll see how many of these guys they can they can keep together. But um, right time to show a new dimension of your game. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, Evan Ingram is quietly having a very good year. Maybe not so quiet after uh, last week because Ingram... When the Jaguars handled the Titans quite easily, had a career game. Um, 11 catches, 162 yards, two touchdowns. Um, best game of Evan Ingram's career. Now, last year Ingram was a disappointment um, on a fifth-year option uh, with the Giants. And I thought that He's going to have to take a one-year prove-it deal for probably no more than 5 or $6 million. Was I wrong on that one? Jaguar snatched him up. One-year deal for $9 million, which maxes out at 10 through incentives. Now, Ingram is 
statistically potentially going to have the best year of his career. Right now, he's fourth among tight ends with 53 receptions, fifth in receiving yards heading into uh, week 15 before last night's game was played with 548 yards. That's four touchdowns. Now, I don't think he gets out of Jacksonville. Uh, they could put a tag on him. His situation is, I think, the 120% calculation is going to factor into, may factor into his. Because the way it would work, instead of the cap percentage average, he's got $9 million as a base, and 120% of that is going to put him 10-8, and then you add back in the incentives, uh, depending on how many he earns, they would all be in, whether it be likely or not. That could put him over um, what the number is going to be by the uh, formula. Uh, the cap percentage average number for um, tight ends, which will be 11.355 million, which would be 5.047% of the cap. In terms of getting value relative to where the top of the market is, it makes sense to tag at least the first time a tight end because all those deals are north of 13 million per year when the tag is at a, it is going to be at 11.3 uh, this year. So if I'm Ingram, I'm thinking Dawson Knox is my floor. And Knox signed a $50 million extension with the uh, Bills um, during the during preseason, averaging $13 million per year, maxes out at 53-6, and there's $31.2 million in guarantees. Did not see Evan Ingram being a tight end that potentially could be making this type of money when the season started. So uh, Evan Ingram's definitely uh, made himself some money this year. Staying in the realm of uh, people catch passes, Juju Smith-Schuster, someone that free agency hasn't been kind to the past couple of years. In... 2021, Juju couldn't find any takers for his asking price, which was in the 13 to $15 million range, uh, reportedly. So he goes back to Pittsburgh on a one-year deal uh, for $8 million. Um, played five regular season games before he had a left shoulder injury, which kept him out for the entire regular season. Those five games, 15 receptions, 129 yards, and no touchdowns. Returned for a wild-card playoff game against the Chiefs, had five catches for 26 yards. Then this year, um, signs with the uh, Chiefs, and it's a one-year contract for base value of $3.25 million. Um, originally, worth up to $10.75 million through incentives. Then, over the summer, they added $510,000 to his roster bonus, uh, which bumped up the base, base value. And that's a per-game roster bonus where he had to be active. He already had $510,000 per-game roster bonuses. They doubled it, so it's $1.02 million, $60,000 million, $60, for each game active, so his base value is 3.76. Now, um, Juju's made the most of 
the opportunity that's presented itself because Tyreek Hill got traded to the Dolphins. And he's having a season where he's flirting with a thousand yards. If he hadn't had the uh, concussion issue, um, he'd be well over that pace. But 12 games, 61 catches, 762 yards, three touchdowns. He had a three-game stretch before he had the concussion where he had 22 catches, 325 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, one thing about Juju, he's been more or less a slot receiver um, his whole career. This year, if the Chiefs spending the lowest percentage of time in the slot on passing plays, he's only in the slot 41% of the time. Last year... For Pittsburgh, he was in the slot 77% of the time. In 2020, he was in the slot 84.7% of the time. Kansas, and the receiver market isn't going to be great. All the guys who would have made it a great receiver market re-upped of their own team. The draft receivers aren't supposed to be on par of what they've been the past two years either. So that could benefit Juju in terms of if you want a receiver, he's going to be near the top of the market. Now, Odell Beckham Jr., if he doesn't sign for the postseason or signs a one-year deal instead of the multi-year deal he's seeking, be great for him too. If I'm Juju, I'm looking at Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk never had a 1,000-yard year um, in Arizona. Goes to Jacksonville for $18 million per year on a four-year deal. $37 million fully guaranteed at signing. Deal can max out at $21 million per year, $84 million total with incentives, which Kirk's going to earn some of them. That's what I target. I don't know if I'm going to find any takers, but uh, I would also be looking at what Allen Robinson um, got from the Rams. It's turned out to be a terrible deal for them. Um, Robinson had his worst season, healthy season last year in Chicago, then goes to the Rams on a three-year, $46.5 million contract, averages $15.5 million per year, worth up to $48 million through incentives with $30.75 million fully guaranteed. Now, if I'm staying in Kansas City, I'm bringing up an old deal. If the negotiations stay put, I'm like, hey, you guys paid Sammy Watkins $16 million per year when you had Tyreek Hill on the other side, like four years ago, or, f- or five years ago. I should be able to, I should be worth $16 million today. I know different types of receivers, Sammy Watkins, first-round pedigree, speed receiver who could never stay healthy. But that would factor into my negotiations with the Chiefs if I'm uh, Juju to come back and. Under no circumstance would I be going back to the Chiefs for less than what you're paying Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who I'm outperforming. (laughs) And Scantling signed a three-year, $30 million contract, $15 million in guarantees. Max is at $36 million. So I'm looking at the max value is my floor, particularly with Kansas City. And... One more guy I want to mention is Caleb McGarry. Atlanta turned down the fifth-year option for the right tackle. It was the 
owe two million dollar fifth year option. He's always been a better run blocker than pass blocker. Great against the run this year, and improved in the pass as well. Um, he's only given up 13 quarterback pressures this year. That's combined quarterback sacks, hits, and hurries. Last year in 16 games, it was 41. In 2020, 30 quarterback pressures in 14 games. As a rookie, 49 quarterback pressures in 16 games. So, I got to think that he's kind of put himself in a position to sign a long-term deal for more than that fifth-year option as uh, as, as a right tackle. So, McGarry, the, the improvement in pass blocking, which still lags behind his run blocking, is going to make him a lot of money this year. Well, that's going to be this week's Inside the Cap. Uh, Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also, check out my CBSSports.com column, Agents Taking NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.